Hi and welcome. Welcome to Travel with Ketan. With me Ketan Joshi, biker, backpacker and travel writer. Three men on motorcycles Manali to Kalka and back home. I woke up to the sound of an of an asthmatic crow trying desperately to wake us up. What's up? Not well, I asked. Bloody crow's got a cold. Wake up. Trip is not over yet. Adi opened one eye, saw the crow and jumped back in alarm. Wake up you lazy pods. Uh, Swords. There is still a long hard ride left. It is the most dangerous ride yet. Caw caw. <coughs> well, that's true. The most accidents always happen on the last day of a tour. That's when riders are tired and looking forward to the end of the ride and don't pay the required attention to the road. Also, you are getting back to the high traffic roads full of homicidal truckers and are not used to such dangers. after riding for so long on deserted roads mm. you need to focus uh, to get back to looking at the road rather than looking around at the scenery we decided to get a bit of breakfast near the hotel before setting out it was a beautiful river riverside location it was early in the morning and the staff was still waking up and yawning and scratching their balls so we decided to go to a neighboring place where presumably they had finished their ablutions and washed their hands The restaurant was on the first floor and commanded a nice view of the river. A tourist was sitting there contemplating the river and the mountains. She was a pretty little white girl and she looked utterly happy and peaceful. She must have been thinking deep and beautiful thoughts about life and love and God and creation and looked calm and serene. A trip to India must have been a high point in life till then. She would have been patting herself on the back for having made such brilliant decisions as to take a break yeah, and find herself and eat, pray, love and all that. The river, the stillness, the crisp air of the morning, the holiness in the air. Mm. Which made What happened next to me really unfortunate. I had been building up a gigantic fart since last night and I was feeling more like a balloon than a human being. My bowels were distended like a zeppelin and possibly because beauty and the serenity of the serenity of the place relaxed my mind and soul. My sphincter relaxed. And all the methane, hydrogen sulfide and all assorted interstellar gases rushed for freedom. and burst through with a most tremendous explosion kaboom that fart was like a nuclear bomb a mega fart the noise echoed through the valley like a cannon shot boom 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 and sent all the natives scurrying for safety it knocked the amigo sideways and the kitchen staff dived for cover sure that the cooking gas cylinder must have burst causing death and destruction that poor girl 
she happened to be leaning back in her chair at that time and she was so shocked that she screamed ah and over balanced completely and fell over backwards with a crash and the chair broke into pieces leaving her in the floor uh, in the wreckage with her legs over her head as if she was doing some complicated yoga pose she went blank in the head and dried in the face and gibbered and babbled from the shock she was said developed a severe case of ptsd and probably required extensive therapy to get over the shock poor girl my heart went out to her and for that matter the two white faced and trembling kamigos as well kaboom boom 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 now the fart echoes bounced back from the mountain like return fire from enemy troops the echoes were still coming back from the mountain as we walked in elaborate casualness whistling jauntily and pretending as if we hadn't even heard any noise the wooden structure of the hotel gradually stopped rattling as we sat down and peered at the menu and ordered breakfast from the wide-eyed waiters who gradually dared to come up for air and to see what the hell had happened. He pretended we had not heard anything at all and the girl was anyway catatonic with shock. Uh, uh, uh. So the waiters went away shrugging their shoulders and blaming the noise on a giant landslide in the Himalayas or perhaps, you know, fresh shelling from the army or something. After a steadily quiet breakfast, we went and readied the bikes, suited up and pumped fish. This was it, the last day of riding. Ride safe folks, I cautioned, this will be a tough ride. And uh, by Jav it was. It was okay for the first part, we crossed the town of Nagar and Kulu and you know the roads were quite good, scenery was still very nice. But later the traffic became terrible. I had to really focus. We crossed a mountain road which was on an industrial area and the truck traffic was extremely thick. All of these drivers seemed to be stoned and I have a particular grudge against bikers. I had three near-death experiences on that ride. One was when we were on the ghats and the traffic was moving at a crisp speed. I am pretty conservative in a ride. another word for cowardly so i was riding sedately behind a bus and matching its speed and keeping a safe distance when suddenly a bus driver saw his favorite thaba and said oh balle balle and brake right hard in the middle of the road without any warning screech and i was behind that very truck buses and trucks have vacuum braking and have huge amounts of stopping power two wheelers are dropment disc braking and much less stopping power as the two wheeler skids and veers when sudden braking is applied i also hit the front and rear brake screech it fisted wildly and almost crashed but i managed to stop inches from the bus shocked out of my wits that was really close i could easily have crashed into the bus or slipped and fallen into traffic but the guy behind me might not have been able to brake in time all of which would have been fatal i cursed and growled a good deal but really nobody cared fuck you i rode even more slowly on that road and when i was taking a turn an oncoming trucker suddenly decided to overtake the truck in front of him and swerved unexpectedly into my lane thundering straight into my face shit 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 i screamed and nearly shattered my pants 
I'm banking on a turn and I had very little leeway to get out of the way. And the truck missed me by inches. <laughs> I could hear the truck driver laughing. And I could literally smell the engine as it passed by me. What the fuck is wrong with you? I screamed. But the truck driver was long gone. <laughs> Loser. Oh, this shit. I decided. The problem was since I was stuck behind the bus, I was unsighted and couldn't see what was coming. So I decided to overtake the bus and be in the lead. And just as I overtake a bus, a big SUV also decided to overtake in the oncoming directions. And boom, both of them in the same lane looking with shocked eyes at each other. This time it was entirely my fault as I was overtaking. And my whole life flashed before my eyes. This was sure death. I would be flattened like a pancake and crushed into means. Oh, no. Miraculously, the road expanded just enough and we managed to miss each other by hair. And Adi was right behind me and saw it happen almost sat right there on his bike. I stopped at the lay-by and took off my helmet and wiped my blow. Bro, 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 bro. Thub, 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 thub. My chest was hammering and I was sweating. Thub, Adi stopped beside me. Dude, that was close. Adi said after a minute. I was screaming into my helmet. I thought you are a goner for sure. I know, right? <sighs> we relaxed for a while and let the palpitations ease. Let the blood pressure come back to normal. And Delzad also joined us. And then we hit the road again. It is important to hit the road as soon as you are okay. Else the scare can set in and prevent you from riding. Get back into the ride when you are still warm mentally. There will be no problem. A long, it was a long ride. 300 kilometers on a crowded mountain road. It can be quite a ride. But thankfully it was pretty uninventful after that. And it was getting dark by the time we made our way to Kalka station. Now Kalka is a tiny station ahead of Chandigarh. And that is the actual uh, starting point of the train to Mumbai. Hence... She had specifically instructed us to go to Kalka and not to Chandigarh as it would be easier to load the bikes in the train at the starting station. I was a bit nervous about the time and hoping that the Kalka railway parcel office would not be closed by then. But it was open and quite bustling as there seemed quite a cargo to load. The parcel clerk came and told us that he was still quite busy and we should be back by 8pm. Well, that's great. That suited us. As we could find a nearby hotel, remove our riding gear and saddlebag and get the bike ready for transport. We reached back at the given time, found some local porter porters and stuff to pack up our bikes and after a bit of a struggle, got the bikes packed and registered for freight. The train was to leave the next day and the parcel clerk assured us that the bikes would be loaded on the train in the morning. Great, all systems cleared for takeoff, sir. We went back to the hotel and had our last dinner on the road. It was a pokey little room and Kalka was hot and muggy after the clean and beautiful mountains. It was all good. It was the last day of the trip. The next morning, I and Dildad went to the railway station to check that our bikes had actually been loaded on the train. And here there was a bit of a twist in the tale. The railway guys had got some unexpected freight to be sent on the train to Mumbai. So only two bikes to be loaded out of the three. 
and they loaded my bike and Delta's bike, but not Adi's bike. Why? Because Adi had fixed that hideous metal Ladakh carrier to his bike, which jetted out from both sides and occupied more space than three bikes. So Adi's bike was standing forlornly alone on the platform. What the hell, dude? I protested. When will you send the third bike? Tomorrow, he promised. You would send it tomorrow. I was a bit doubtful about this. Would he load the bike tomorrow if there is no one sitting on his head here? But there is nothing to be done. The luggage compartment was clearly full. And we had a flight to catch in the afternoon. I took the clerk's mobile number and his boss's mobile number and the landline number and all kinds of numbers and they assured me there would be no problem and the bike would be loaded the next day without fail. And I had an idea. The man on the spot would be the owner of the hotel we were staying in. It was like right next to the station. We had met him in the morning and he stuck me as a smart local guy. I met him and told him about the situation and asked him if he could follow up with the station the next day to ensure that Adi's bike gets loaded on the train. He agreed and then casually asked if he would like to take his taxi to go to Chandigarh airport. The cost would be just a thousand bucks. Sure, we agreed. We would take his taxi and he would ensure our loading. Quid pro quo. We needed a taxi anyway, so why not this one? We told Adi about his bike. <laughs> he left it only at the airport after we cleared security. Because that was the only way we could prevent him from rushing to the station and wailing for his bike. But once in security hold, he would not be allowed to leave. The actual gun-toting guard will chase him back, so it would be safe to tell the news here. As it is, he let loose a heartbreaking cry at the airport, startling all and sundry. Ooh, my poor baby, left behind all alone. Ooh, you heartless beast, how could you be so cruel? Ooh. We carried him moaning and sobbing into the aeroplane. We landed at Mumbai and collected our bags and shook hands and went our separate ways. The ride was over. We would no longer be waking up to a command from C. Well, I would, obviously, but not this two guys. <coughs> we would not be hearing the musical crunch of Adi planting a size 11 boot on a pair of sunglasses. We would not have to wake up Del from power naps or to drag him away from a tandoori chicken. And we would not be riding our bikes every day and kicking the engine into action and feeling the bike vibrate and hear the thump. We would not be seeing those vistas and mountains and that amazing blue sky. We would not feel the breeze rushing through the helmet. We would not see the mountains go past. We would not be taking tight turns on winding mountain roads. And we would not be eating at dhabas and meeting fellow bikers and travellers. But as they say, the party ain't over until the dishes are washed and the table is wiped down and everything is cleaned up. We still had to collect the bikes and liberate them from the clutches of Indian railways and bring them home. Firstly, we had to complete the loading because before we worry about the unloading, Adi's bike was still waiting at Kalka station. <coughs> as I suspected, it was not a simple thing for Adi's bike to be loaded in the train. It turned out to be a good thing that we had the hotel owner on our side. He went to the station the next day and found that Adi's bike was still standing there and had not been loaded yet. 
I called the person clerk and his boss and gave them a mixture of a piece of my mind and abject growl it was please sir please sir and the hotel or guy took it as a special project to protect his given word of honor it finally they loaded adi's bike on the train without all that follow up it might have remained there forever and rusted on kalka platform into bits i did dare to tell adi about this of course as the beard was immediately gone gray and then he revealed and sobbed and pulled out that gray beard in grief but it turned out all right in the end so it turned out to be much adi about nothing <laughs> The next day, I and Dell went to the station to pick up our bikes. We reached the station and showed the parcel clerks our receipts and stuff. When they refused to entertain us, until we got an okay from the Octroi authorities. Octroi, for those who don't know, is an antiquated tax levied by the city of Mumbai on the stuff that comes into it. It's uh, it's been abolished now, but at that time it was in force and it was a huge pain in the ass. It's supposedly for stuff for sale in Mumbai. It is not applicable in importing your own stuff. But the local guys are always threatened to levy tax and demand bribes for not levying tax. They can be real scumbags. We went to the Octroi people, and they had a small office on repurposed container box, and they gave gave them the papers. And since as a Mumbai resident and the bike was locally registered, they could not charge at Octroi. They tried all the same, but I just sneered at them. <laughs> and spoke to them in marathi they dropped the demand and stamped me through but then they saw that <coughs> dell's bike had a thane registration <laughs> they smiled wolfishly rubbed their palms together and made a demand of octroi as a thane bike entry in mumbai they fully expected to get a nice bribe out of us but the record reckoned without baba turning into baba sura the demon baba In the course of his factory work, he deals with a lot of the insect officials who infest government offices and swarm around collecting bribes, excise, sales tax, this tax, that tax, octra, electricity, municipality, income tax, service tax, what not. And he hates these corrupt people. He was not intimidated by sarkari official dumb and bureaucratic double talk, and blasted them with two barrels, clack clack, boom boom. I am cowardly. So I tried to be smile and to be polite, but Baba was like, "Fuck that!" He got so indignant that he seemed to swell in size, and his hair coiled and uncoiled like Medusa's locks, and he went purple in the face. "What nonsense!" he screamed. "How dare you levy outro in a personal vehicle? Do you think I'm a fool? Do you not think about rules? You should be ashamed of yourself." The tax guy was shell shocked. <laughs> And cowered before the internet, right as indignation, stamped the papers as fast as their hands could move. Normally, people plead and grovel with them in spite of being in the right, and this frontal assault completely unnerved them. They must have felt like they were being roared at by a man-eating tiger. They went white and grey and trembled before him. I was fascinated. It was like Bharti being there. <laughs> <coughs> We went past the trembling octroi people and plonked our papers in front of the parcel clerk. And now we have to get police clearance. The parcel clerk drawled without even raising his eyes from the newspaper, pushing another paper at us. Go and look for the police guy. He will be sorry. He squealed as Baba caught him by the collar and jerked him forward and shook him like a rat and glared at him with bloodshot eyes. Baba was still fulminating with indignation from the octroi encounter. 
that guy shriveled before his right is wrath never never mind my mistake here are your paper dab dab and just show this a policeman on duty and you collect your bike <laughs> please, please release me now <laughs> thank you <laughs> then we went to the platform and hunted out our bikes around that myriad crap that was strewn all over the place it seemed to be the most disorganized thing i'm sure there must have been some organization but for us it was the signage and marking was hopeless and if you didn't know what you are looking for it would be impossible to find if we had sent some third party to collect the bikes you would be still there we ripped off the sackcloth and packaging from our bikes and wheeled them to the end of the platform and then went out to find the policeman to get his sign off he also came oiling forward expecting a bribe or bakshish but it took one look at the still steaming bawa and ran off in terror it carried a little petrol with us enough to get us to a petrol pump quick fill up at the pump and we rode home in triumph <laughs> the next day adi went to collect his bike and he was supposed to come to my place and we could celebrate the end of the ride in style he had no trouble with the octroi but the policeman got very suspicious looking at his beard and long hair and insisted on checking every nook and cranny of his bike for drugs when he realized his bike had come from chandigarh and manali He checked in the petrol tank, in the air filter, in the exhaust pipe, in the instrument box, everywhere. He did everything but give me a rectal exam. Ah, you should just like give me a winning smile, Ray. I said, yes, yes. Your natural sexual magnetism would have done the job. <laughs> Delza said, ah, fuck you. We poured out the rum. We were home. The bikes were home, and now the ride was officially over. Everyone was back to their daily life. I was feeling a bit blue. The grind of daily life was back. The work, the boss, the office, the colleagues, the traffic, pollution. Blah. Oh well, I'm back in the cubicle. Adi said glumly. Oh well, I'm back to the factory. Del said glumly. Well, the sofa is very comfortable. I said. I worked from home after all. They gave me a dirty look, but never mind, Ray. If your daily ride job was not so boring, then you wouldn't enjoy the trip that much. The whole fun of a ride is how different it is from your daily life. The more boring your normal life is, the more amazing your ride will be. So if you are bored and frustrated, then you are on the right track. Work, make money, get bored, ride. Work, make money, get bored. Right, that should be the rhythm of life. Here's to boredom. We clinked our glasses and to the ride. We sipped our drinks and sat quietly for some time. And my thoughts went back to the ride, to the mountains, the blue sky, the breeze, the thump of my infield. Man, that had been such an amazing experience. Evidently, the thought was mutual because Adi suddenly sat up and said, "Well, you can guess what he said. Let's go for a ride. The amigos shall ride again." Well. Thanks a lot for listening to uh, the podcast. This completes the reading of 
my first book three men on motorcycles the amigos ride to ladakh as you might have guessed this was indeed uh, not our last ride we did a lot of riding after that do check out the adventures of the amigos uh on amazon and uh, on my site ketanjoshi.net that's k e t a n j o s h i.net i'm happy to announce that i have in fact uh, just now launched my 17th book uh, uh which uh, we cover in, in we had a lot of adventures and we have talked about all of them i will continue the readings of the various books uh and uh, stay tuned for that so thanks a lot and keep tuned in to the adventures of the amigos ketan joshi thanks a lot once again www.ketanjoshi.net